This week on the Ritual Misery Podcast, we're going to go surfing around something. We're going to go surfing. We're surfing. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're going to go surfing with Christoph Zajac Dinnick. Oh, shit. That's right. We're surfing. Hello and welcome to the Ritual Misery Podcast, episode 280 for Sunday, the 21st of March, 2021. This is show where two lifelong friends and their guests celebrate all things geek. I'm Amos, that's Kent, and we have a guest as soon as I can get him on the screen because I suck at life. <sighs> um, yeah, what's going on, man? Um, yes, we've got Christoph Zajac Denek back with us for the second time, and I'm so excited to talk to him. What's uh, up, everybody? There we go. Do we do, do, do we have the, the the tech things worked out? Yeah, there? yeah, 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 yeah. Look, <gasps> amazing. Look, look, man, look. <laughs> I got so, no time for I, you and your tech troubles. <laughs> <laughs> My tech troubles, right, right. How are you doing, Christoph? Oh, I'm just fine. It's another beautiful Sunday. I'm stressed out a little bit, but I'm doing good. Well, hopefully yeah. you can relax for the next hour while we talk about something that you're passionate about. Um, man, so around here, it's been um, it's been uh, an interesting couple of days. Uh, Steph got her first uh, dose of the COVID vaccine on yep. Friday, and I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine on Friday. Um, I can uh, I can report. That opposite to what I've been told, the second dose was uh, less of a big deal to me. Really? Um, the, with the first, do- yeah, with the first dose, I had extreme arm pain and soreness for like three or four days, and just wiped out, exhausted the next day after hmm. the shot. Um, this time, I've got mild arm pain, and um, I was pretty exhausted yesterday. Uh, so the day after. Uh, but I'm feeling fantastic today. Like no issues today. My arm is only just a little bit sore right at the injection site, and that's and that's it. Now, so, did, did you get it in your dominant arm or your your non-dominant arm? Non non-dominant, of course. Okay, I yeah. I've gotten my first one, and I got it in my dominant arm, and it was sore for about a day, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Which differ- version? Which version? Which version did you get? Uh, the Moderna. Hmm. Okay, that's the one I got. Yeah. yeah. So w- within 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 I'd say the second day after my arm felt fine and it didn't inhibit me in any way shape or form, so did, I was good to go. Did you uh did you have any any other symptoms? Fever, um fatigue, any of that sort of stuff? Um for a little while there I was a raging asshole, but I think that was just <laughs> me. I don't think that had anything to do with the so Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Christoph, have you uh, have you had the opportunity to do the vaccine yet? No, I haven't, um, and I really want to. And I've like everything in my life. There's a little snafu that goes along with anything that I try to do. Um, I called up the. I called up to make an appointment, mm-hmm. and dwarfism is not an acceptable disability for moving in front of the line. Um, mm. One thing that go that can go along with cartilage hair hypoplasia is uh, compromised immunity. So uh, it's really fun that it's not included at all. 
So I decided, well, why don't I call my doctor and get a note? I saw my doctor two months ago because I cracked a rib doing something really stupid in my kitchen. So (laughs) I call up my doctor and I said, hey, doctor that I've seen for nine years, can I get a note that says this patient has dwarfism, potentially is potentially immunocompromised. Let's get him a vaccine. They said, well, you can set up a telehealth visit or you can come in for an appointment and we'll charge you for an appointment so you can get a note to go get a vaccine. And I live an hour and a half away. And again, let me remind you, two months ago, cracked a rib, had a telehealth visit. They've also seen me for nine years. They know I have dwarfism and still won't give me a note without paying them. I couldn't believe it. I was, this is insane. So apparently I now have a fake job at a food service place in LA and I am now an essential food worker. So I'm going to use that note to get my vaccine. Oh my God. So I'll be honest, this would bother me. Any other situation, this would bother me, except in California, they have so many doses that they are like they, Dodger Stadium the other day had like 13,000 doses that didn't get used because not enough people qualified to show up. Really? Like, California is flowing with them, but they're still being too restrictive for their supply. Like their supply is out, there's their supply is out demand or out uh, outnumbering their <clears throat> their schedule. So they need to open the schedule up more, and they're just not. And yeah, yeah, it's insane. I I called another place because a couple of weeks ago I got hired to work on a music video, playing drums, and I had to have a COVID test before I could arrive on set. Mm-hmm. And so I called that place a week after I got the COVID test, and I said, "Hey, I was really stupid. I should have just asked you guys if I could have gotten the vaccine while I was here." And again, same thing. What is your disability? What's your reason? Are you all of these things? And I'm like, well, I have cartilage hypoplasia. They're like, yeah, no, you don't. We don't know what that is. Um, and uh, just like I said, well, can I show up and wait around for six hours and maybe get one of the leftover doses? And they're like, well, you can try to do that, but you never know. It's just like, wow. what the heck? This is insane. I just yeah. want to get vaccinated and not be worried about this. Yeah, Alaska opened it up to everyone 16 and over and they had a um a mass vaccination event at the arena in Anchorage and apparently lines were so long, you know, it was a drive-through event so you didn't have to get out of your car, you basically just showed ID, they wrote down your information, gave you the shot, gave you a little vax card and you went about your day. And that is so surprising here in a state where people refuse to wear masks. Um, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. Like, I, I'm just glad they've opened it up. And, um, the VA here was one of the first places to start cranking it out. Um, and as soon as the, the 15 and under people can get their vaccinations, all my kids will be heading in there like stat. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just, it's amazing that a state like Alaska you know, it, the the doses are supposed to be going out proportionally. California, the state of Alaska, the entire state has a third the population of downtown LA. Mm-hmm. You know? That's insane. Yep. Like That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, I just want everybody to get vaccinated and get on with their day. Like, that's what, that's what I want. Just, yeah. yeah. Get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I do have, I kind of have a preference that I would rather have just the one shot and not have to worry about going back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, that is something that I, I would rather do, but at this point I'm into whatever. Let's do it. Let's get it over with. But, but that's kind of like, Hey man, your breast stinks. Do you want peppermint or do you want cherry? Like, I don't care. <laughs> just give me something to cover up the breath, man. Like, or the breath, you know, like this, yeah. I, I have a preference, but I'm not going to say no to the, whatever one you have. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been working on a couple projects. Uh, Kent, you asked me about this BLM thing that I'm doing on Wednesday. There oh, is cool. a, a thing for BLM Cleveland. They're doing a a uh, basically a, a documentary series, and they're trying to finish up their Indiegogo. And if I was really awesome, I'd have that link handy. I'm, I'll try to throw it in the show notes and, and have it here in a second. Um, but basically, I'm, I'm, uh, they're doing live streams, and I'm doing the, the video production for those live streams. So it's a, uh, it's actually Rich Straffolino's cousin is the one that's in charge of it, and Rich couldn't han- couldn't do it, couldn't fit it in his schedule, so he passed it off to me. Hand- handled one thing uh, last week, and next week or yeah, Wednesday of this coming week, I will be doing a twelve-hour streamathon as they finish up their Indiegogo campaign. So nice, that's pretty excited awesome. about that. That's that's really cool of you. Um, something I learned is. The BLM national level doesn't filter money down to the local levels. It's a completely separate thing. So if you have, if you're, if you want to donate to the BLM cause, find your local chapter and donate there instead of the national one, because the national one is worried about lobbying and this and that and wasting all the money doing all that kind of shit where your local people are actually doing things to affect your direct community. So public service hmm. announcement on that. That's something I Yeah, I good learned. tip. That's a really good tip. Okay. And uh, the other thing that I've been doing this week, man, buzz out loud. Holy shit. For those, yeah, so, for those that don't no, go know, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Buzz don't Out know Loud. Yeah, Buzz Out Loud is a podcast that started in 2005. It ran until 2012. It was right at seven years. This podcast originally started with Tom Merritt and Molly Wood. With Veronica Belmont on the on the uh, production side, and then she eventually joined in as a co-host as well. It cycled through a lot of different people, but essentially, Buzz Out Loud is the first podcast I ever listened to. It's the reason I got into podcasting. It's why I work with Tom Merritt now. It's the progen- progenitor of this podcast. It's why I wanted to start podcasting with Kent. And all the episodes are lost. The feed isn't available on iTunes. The, most of the episodes, if you're lucky, you could find them. Uh, some of them were uploaded to archive.org, but they were locked and not available to be edited or found or anything else. And with one tweet, somebody brought up an idea. And here we are five days later. We have found, we have, we, we have acquired copies of every numbered episode. <clears throat> what I was doing last night was update. I, I built a spreadsheet with all the ID three tag data with the, the dates, the episode numbers, the topics, all that kind of stuff gone through and fixed all that made sure the number, all the numbering was correct. And there's a numbering glitch in there. That's already well known. Started a discord page, a discord server for it. Started getting different people involved. Um, we're going to basically start restart the RSS feed Hosted ourselves so that Buzz Out Loud can live in uh, in in posterity, 
and we're going to re-release them all on the original uh, in the original order. And the plan is we're going to start with a big batch of like about 150 episodes. And the plan is that the last episode of the original run will end the two days before the 20th anniversary of the show. The 10-year reunion show being the day before the 20th anniversary show, which is in 2025, so we have some time. And then hopefully, if I can manage it, I'm not making promises, but I'm working on it, try to get the whole crew back together um, at a a familiar location uh, on the 20th anniversary for a special one-time event for the 20th anniversary of Buzz Out Loud. And I already that have, is awesome. I already have some people that would be key to it, it, stating that they are very interested in making that happen. So, um, it's been it's been huge. It's been a lot of data, a lot of fucking time. I spent fourteen hours yesterday buried in spreadsheets correcting ID three tags on MP three files that haven't been listened to in years. Oh my god! Um, it's it's a total passion project, but. Yeah, I'm fucking I'm I'm in it, man. Like I'm this is this is amazing. It's so cool. That's fantastic. What what is this is totally ignorant, but I don't know what is Buzz Out Loud? Like what is the show? Buzz Out Loud was CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. It is a uh, it's a tech podcast. It started out as a weekly podcast, turned into a daily podcast uh within just a oh, few months. Damn. And it covers all the tech topics from uh, March 30th of 2005 until like, like it covers there's, there's special episodes about the death of Steve jobs, you know, like there's all these different tech stories. I was listening to a few just to get the numbering right and make sure that, you know, that the numbering matched up and all that kind of stuff. And some of the stuff on here was, was like uh, the video iPod was announced Wow. Like it goes back. It's it's this huge archive. And the re- the real kicker is for from about episode 73 on, I think it is, the producers and the hosts kept great notes. So there's a summary of all the topics in the ID3 tags. Mm. Nice. Which once that's published makes all of that searchable so you can go back and reference to it about the opinions of tech folks, tech reporters, at the time that it was happening. That's super cool, man. That's so, um, Well, I was just going to say, this makes me feel a lot better, because that's my plan, too, is to start taking really good notes on my podcast at episode 73. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the key. Just... Don't take good notes. Uh, wait, and then then you can get your community together to to form a project I, like this. I'm I'm just lucky that so many of the inf- so much of the information was embedded in the file and not just a raw MP3 with no ID3 information because that's where I got most of the information. So now we're looking for people to update the wiki because it has you know Buzztown.org is there's a wiki for it, <clears throat> but it's missing tons of information. All the links are broken. You know, all those wow. things. And yeah, we're going to go through. And the idea is to, uh, over the next couple of years, just basically rebuild Buzztown and uh, get that community going and see what all people have gone and, and what has come from that podcast. You know, different people have gone on to different things as uh, 
you know, inspired by that podcast to include this show. So that's so cool, man. Good, good on you for taking that, taking that on and good luck with getting all that stuff done. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, well, Hey, at least you, you've got a good team though. You've got a, a bunch of people that are helping with the project. It's not just you. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of people that are really helping out. Um, I'm, I, I would say that I'm co-director of the project. Uh, there's another, another person that's found a lot of the, the, uh, the, other audio files and a lot of the videos and we're collecting pictures and all the things, all the memories from BOL. And then of course we got Tom mm-hmm. Merritt on board. Um, he, he was one, he's one of the, the founding people in, in the discord making things happen. Um, and then Sergeant Muffin, of course, the, the inimitable Sergeant Muffin is hosting a lot of the things and making, you know, the, some of the, the background stuff happened or happen. And, um, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, and it, it's it's just it's it, it really fills my heart with joy to know that there's so many other people out there that have such fond memories of this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Hey, um, so to switch gears a little bit, um, do, awesome. do you guys do you guys care about the DC comics movies, like uh, like Justice League and whatnot? <sighs> ah, Kent. <laughs> Christoph, what what about you? Did did you like um Batman v Superman or Justice League? I haven't seen them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, okay. And that's what I I'm uh, really bad with with uh comic characters and and comic books and those types of characters, yeah. I I didn't watch Justice League because I heard it was horrible. Um I did watch Superman v or Batman v Superman. I don't mm. really remember much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I've seen Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 Wonder Woman was awesome Wonder Woman 84 if you took away <laughs> some extremely troubling aspects of that movie it was good <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah you know the whole um, the whole date rate did you thing. see Aquaman uh, though did you see Aquaman I did not um, I, I can't Aquaman watch pretty I can't watch Cal Drogo for too long without my wife like insisting that I move out or go to the gym. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, so, so the, um, the long anticipated Snyder cut of justice league came out on Friday, Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Last I think it was week. Thursday. Um, four hours long. Yeah. It's four it's hours. Four hours. It is freaking four hours. And over half of the movie is, is new content that wasn't in, the first movie, right? The, and, or the you know the um, the theatrical wait, cut. So brief history: Zack Snyder was directing Justice League, got called yep. away because of family matters or whatever. He got called away from the project. Yep. They brought in Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon went reshot a bunch of stuff, did uh, change the color grading, basically redid the entire movie, shaped it to his vision within mm-hmm. what budget he had. And then they release that. Zack Snyder comes back in after the fans go crazy because Joss Whedon just did not do a good job, apparently. Zack Snyder comes back in and says, okay, take everything that Joss Whedon did, throw it in the bin, and we're going to reshoot some things, but we're not going to use anything that, that, that wasn't originally shot by me. So it's, it's completely shot by Zack Snyder. And only about 50% of the movie that you see is made of previously seen footage. 
The other 50% yeah. of the movie is all brand new footage that it was either on the floor when Joss Whedon took it or was shot after Joss Whedon left the project. Yeah. It's, so it's huge insane. undertaking. That's insane. I can't. And, and Zack Snyder didn't take any pay to, to do the Snyder cut. He, he said taking money to do this would, would taint the vision, which I don't quite get, but yeah, he just did it for free. And, and, uh, put this thing out. anyway it's it's crazy like we could do a, a whole well maybe not with uh with you two guys since you aren't um dceu uh fans but like i could do a whole podcast just about the snyder cut um it is it is insane some things are better some things are worse some things are i just don't understand why he made those decisions um but i will say just just so that i actually throw an opinion out here one thing that i think is much much better in this version than the, the Whedon version is the character of cyborg is actually a character in the movie and actually has a story and is fleshed out. One of the things that I hated about justice league is that they had cyborg show up, but like nobody gave a crap about the character and it was horrible because there was just no story there. There was nothing written for him. Well, that's what it seemed like, but Snyder, actually made him into a um a very interesting character and right. it and and he shines in the Snyder cut. So it, I that's that's my one positive thing I'm gonna say. I, I it, that's it, cool. from what I understand it's almost like Cyborg was only in the Joss Whedon cut because he was required to be according to Actors Guild rules is how it seemed. Like he was in there just enough to qualify for the Actors Guild to keep them off yeah. off the movies back. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know all the politics behind that, but it 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 was stupid. I I hated the the cyborg character in in Whedon's cut, but I love the cyborg character in in um, Snyder's I'm, version. I'm gonna watch this, but I'm gonna do it in the opposite order that most other people do it. I'm gonna go ahead and watch the Snyder cut first, and then the ah. Whedon version. And this is something we discussed on DTNS because <laughs> yeah, people that, that have had, cool. people that have seen the Whedon version are going in with different expectations than. If you haven't seen it, so I'm going to go in, watch the Snyder cut, the uh, his quote unquote original vision, and mm-hmm. then going to go through and see what Whedon did to it. So well, once I do that, we'll have to compare. Now that's six hours of video, so it might be a couple weeks, but we'll have to compare compare notes in, in how we process the movies differently. Oh hell yeah! So, Future the, topic. Hell yeah! Is the Whedon cut two hours? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's a little over two hours. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing that they put out a four hour. That's incredible. The yeah. only thing that I can like really contribute sort of is uh, I did play Puck in a Deadpool music video or Deadpool, Deadpool musical like revival. They like they wrote all these songs, all these Disney themed uh, Disney inspired songs around Deadpool and they had they got a custom a custom uh, puck outfit for me, and I did get to play puck <laughs> among that a is... bunch of other a bunch a bunch of other uh, comic book heroes. They're That's all awesome. in there. That's awesome. That is freaking cool. It was fun. Um, awesome. I think it's, uh, Amos. I think it's time to hit that button over there. Yeah, that's. Well, let me talk about something for about ten seconds. Okay. Um, so t- today's main topic is going to be surfing 
And uh, we'll get into um, why that's going to be our main topic here in a little bit. But before we do that, uh, we are going to play a game that's inspired by our main topic. And you might hear the music. Can I please have your attention? In the last 30 minutes, Kent's done something. Now you've got a guess. He was very excited. Kent's games. Play with him. So here's the thing. I have this magical board and I can turn sounds on and off and channels on and off. And for different shows, I have to have different sounds that are definitely not playing. And you'd think that would be a problem, but I have all these presets over here that I can have remember all the settings for each of the shows. I just don't fucking use them because I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why? Right, today's game. Today's game is called "Do You Even Surf, Bro?" And well. uh, so, Christoph is a is a big surfer, and he's also a musical guy. So I combine. Wait, what did I miss? What happened? I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> St- stuff is off the rails at the moment. <laughs> All right, so for the for the audio listeners, Amos is absolutely losing his mind right now, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> You said you, you said the name of today's game is Do you even surf, bro? And then Christoph said, "Bro?" Like 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 you'd use the wrong uh, word. That's right. I did fuck that up. Okay. Uh, take no. two. Do you even surf, bro? <laughs> 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 Oh my god! This is the best ever. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, the uh, the game is combining surfing and music. So I'm going to give you ten song titles, and you're going to tell me if it was a Beach Boys song or not. Cool. How familiar are you are you guys with the Beach Boys music? Um, I'm fairly comfortable with it for, I think maybe. Yeah. Christoph, what about you? I'm familiar with it, but I'm terrible with song titles. Um, specifically Led Zeppelin. I don't know the names of any Led Zeppelin songs, but I could play, I can play more Led Zeppelin songs than I know the names to. I I don't think they did either, to be honest. Uh, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Thank you. They don't era. They have a song. Uh, well, was it Dear Maker? Like, what? What does yeah. that even mean? And why is it associated with some dude screaming his fucking head off? Like, I don't understand. I love the song. <laughs> Name just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Christoph, you're you're the guest. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first because I believe I went second last time. Okay. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. All right. Um, again, you're going to tell me: Is this a Beach Boys song? Yes or no? Okay. Surfer Girl. Yes, that is a Beach Boys song. You are correct. It is. Amos, Surf City. Um, Surf City. That'd be Surf City USA, wouldn't it? No, it would be called Surf City. Oh, then I'm going to say no. <laughs> you're going to say no. Well, good, because you're correct. It's Jan and Dean. That came out with Surf City. All right. 
Next one for you, Christoph, is Catch a Wave. Yes, that is a Beach Boys song. That's correct. That is correct. All right, Amos. Okay. Surfing USA. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, that is correct. All right. Uh, back over to you, Christoph. Surfing Dan. Oh, sorry. Surfer Dan. Surfer Dan. No, that is not a Beach Boys song. Wasn't that a skater? I think it was like a late 80s skater. Surfer Dan. No, that was uh, Steely Dan. There's music I didn't listen to. Got it. Steely okay. Dan. <laughs> um, Surfer Dan is by the Turtles. Nice. Okay. All right, Amos. Surfing Bird. Surfing Bird. This sounds like a meal at Long John Silver's. <laughs> like uh, surfing bird? No, I, I didn't. I, I don't. I, no, that's got it. No, that that seriously sounds like a meal at Long John Silver's. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody, anybody that's familiar with um, with Family Guy uh, should know this song, "Surfing Bird" by the Trashmen. You are correct. It's not a Beach Boy song. This is the one that's like bird, bird, is yeah. That's called "Surfing Bird." Surfing Bird, yeah. Uh, no, that's oh. the song that Peter gets his ass kicked to. So, that's 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 the official name of so that there's, song now. <laughs> so, so the interesting thing about Surfing Bird, so there was two different songs. There, there was, uh, uh, I think it's called Bird is the Word, and then there was Papa Umau Mau by two completely different artists that came out like you know roughly the same time. And the Trashmen took the two songs and combined them to make a new song called Surfing Bird. And uh, anyway... Uh, it's a uh, little bit of trivia there. That, that that's all before the DMCA. I, I, I promise you that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, over to you, Christoph. Surfing Safari. That is a Beach Boys song. Yes, it it is. It is indeed. All right, Amos. Wipeout. Uh, it is a song. It is not a Beach Boys song. <laughs> that is correct. It is by the Safaris. By the Safaris. Yep. Surfaris. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I, I heard that correct. Yeah. By, by the All way, right, Chris, uh, Christoph, can you play Wipeout on the drums? Yeah. I mean, who can't? Uh, so here's the thing, Kent. That's one of those songs that it sounds simple. It, it actually sounds like you're just basically banging some toms to, to a beat, but yeah. it's got some tricky little half steps in there. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. That once once you once someone explains to you what they are, like you listen to you know one of those professional people, uh, you know, talk about here's where here's where you have that time change, and here's where you have the 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 half step and things like that. Then you listen to it again. You're like, oh my god, I didn't even hear that shit before. I just heard a rumble of toms. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's one. It just it sounds. It's it's one of those things that's so elegant. It sounds simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did a good job with it. <clears throat> All right, Christoph, your next one. Surfing. Yes, that is a Beach Boys song. It is indeed. And uh, Brian Wilson hated that song. That was one of their <clears throat> earliest songs, and he absolutely hated it. All right, Amos, your Brian, next one. Brian Wilson didn't deserve that song. <laughs> <laughs> 
your, your next one and the last one of the game, Amos, Uh-oh. is Uh-oh. Surf Rider. Surf Rider. Surf Rider. I'm trying to gamify this here. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, that didn't sound. Uh, that sounds more like a band than a song. So I'm gonna say no. Okay. Um, that song is by the Lively Ones. You guys got a hundred percent. You guys beat the hell out of the D. That means I get to play this now, right? Bob, tell them what they've done. You beat the D. Back to you, (laughs) Daniel. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you guys got all of those right. I'm surprised because so many of these songs sound, the song titles sound the same. It's either surfing this or surfer that or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good job. Also, this is what this is this is this is what we get for having a squids mixtape in the chat room. <laughs> oh yeah, were you cheating? Are <laughs> you only only on like one or two? <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah. All right. So that was our game. Um, we um, we wanted to talk about surfing. Because Kristoff is a somewhat um, prolific surfer himself. And uh, you gave me some news a few days ago, Kristoff, that I kind of want to touch on. Um, but I mostly just kind of want to talk about your experience with surfing and like uh, uh, like your history with it and uh, where you intend to take it. But I, I you know what? I'm not even going to say I, I'm going to let you announce the uh, the thing that you told me about earlier. Um, but, but you know what, we'll, we'll do that, uh, as it comes in the conversation. When, when did you start surfing and, and what, what caused you to, uh, uh, to want to, to get into that sport? Yeah, I've been, I am hopelessly addicted to surfing. Um, I think it came from, <clears throat> it definitely came from skateboarding as a young kid. I always wanted to skateboard and my friends got me into skateboarding friends on the block, you know, and when I was eight, I think I got my first skateboard and I would, I lived in Michigan, so you could only skateboard for five months out of the year and then hope to skateboard for the other seven months out of the year. Um, and I just always loved that culture and going to the skateboard shops was always really cool to me. I kind of started at in the late eighties when there was still the style of hot pink and hot yellow and hot blue colors, you know, that were all mixed in and that like weird, uh, really bright and loud, uh, style that was happening. And I still kind of love that today. (laughs) I still kind (laughs) of think that's kind of cool, but, um, I mean, in Michigan, you don't have any sort of reason to surf or have surf culture or surfboards or anything like that especially in the in the late 80s early 90s um surfing was not really a thing it is a thing now in michigan but then it was not but my family would go to florida for spring breaks and i would just venture into surf shops and that's where they sold thrasher magazine and then they also had surfing magazine right next to it and I would see the same bands advertised in Thrasher that were advertised in surfing. And I n- realized this, you know, crossover. 
between the two and it just was always so cool to me like that whole culture of skateboarding skateboarding in pools skateboarding in skate parks skateboarding on the street it was so rad to me and then once i went to florida and i saw people surfing or i saw waves or saw posters and surf shops of people surfing amazing waves i just wanted to i wanted to try it and so i begged my mom instead of taking instead of going to the gulf coast we went to the ocean one year and i rented a surfboard didn't take lessons didn't do anything to prepare at all i just <laughs> hopped into the ocean uh, I probably rented a terrible wetsuit that barely fit me and got me waterlogged. Um, but yeah, I just hopped in the ocean and I wanted to try to catch waves and see if I could stand up and just get out there. And being from Michigan, we spent a lot of time at the lakes and at the water and at the beach. So I was always comfortable in water. You know, I started swimming it as a baby and, Surfing just seems so so cool, and so yeah, how, I tried. How old? Oh, how old were you when when you rented that surfboard the first time? I think it was fourteen or fifteen. Okay, teenager. Okay. Yeah, and mm. one of the times that I went in the ocean, um, I got caught in a rip current and didn't know I was caught in a rip current. But it wasn't taking me out. It was drag. It was just like a, uh, you know, a side current, and it dragged me down. But I got into this place where I could not catch any waves. No waves were breaking. So it's deeper water and I could not get into shore. I was exhausted from paddling. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know why I was going down the beach as quickly as I was going down the beach. And I remember my mom, you know, was kind of after she realized I wasn't in front anymore. She just realized and started walking towards me. And I finally got in and she was super freaked out. But I was like, all right, this is still cool. I'm really scared, but this was really, really still cool. So, yeah, and yeah. I've just been, you know, surfing is kind of this thing that you can never be, you can never stop learning. You always have to be present and watching and realize that the the waves in the ocean is always going to be different no matter what. If you have a perfect day, uh, at a point break and you're just surfing all day long, those waves are going to change because of the tide, because of the swell direction that's going to be coming in because of all these other factors. And I just think that's so cool because it makes you want to live in the moment mm. and it forces you to live in the moment, you know? Yeah. So where, like these days, where do you, where do you tend to surf? Are you, are you still on the East coast of Florida or where do you like to go? Uh, now that I live in California and I'm not trying to surf on Lake Michigan anymore. Um, <laughs> it sounds so miserable. It's, uh, yeah. It's so beautiful out there, but it's like the worst washing machine uh, sensation ever. It's just uh. windy and bumpy. And I mean, I've seen incredible waves on Lake Michigan, but um, I haven't had the right timing to, to find uh, to be out there at the right time. But yeah, I'm in Southern California now. So I surf in, in LA, I go to Malibu, I go to Ventura and, um, mostly point breaks. Sometimes I surf some beach breaks, which are really fun. Those are totally different. So a point break, it's the wave is all is, uh, the shape of the wave is determined by the bathymetry, the bottom of the ocean. And so when it's rocky, that doesn't change. Those rocks stay in place. And then the swell can come 
and hit the hit the rocks pretty much as uniform as it possibly can. And that's why the wave maintains its shape at rocky point breaks more than it does, say, at a beach break where the, the sand on the bottom will get mixed around and it'll get shifted and it'll change with the tides and stuff like that. So if the bathymetry is dynamic and changing like sand, then it's, it's going to be dumpier sometimes. Uh, dumpy means like it's going to all crash at once and won't give you a face to ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, if it's more of a rock, uh, like Malibu has a pebble like a like a rocky pebble bottom and so that wave comes in so much more consistent and it's it stays it keeps its shape you know much better than a beach break would gotcha i'm learning all kinds of stuff this i know there's so many there's so many aspects to this too you know it's and it's kind of interesting because the water doesn't change the water kind of stays in the same place when you think of a wave breaking the swell energy just kind of goes underneath the water and pushes it up. And the reason why a wave breaks like that is because the front of the wave is actually slowing down when it hits the reef and the back of the wave is actually going faster than the front of the wave. And so that catches up and that's why you have a curl. So it's forcing so the it. back of the wa- the back of the wave is actually breaking over the front of the wave because of the speed difference between the two. That's crazy. Mm. It's okay. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I do have a question about uh, like surf crafts. We, we raise in, in like uh, Jan and Dean and stuff like that. Uh, in the, that music pretty much represents surf culture from like the 60s and 70s. How much of that, like, um, I guess, mood, feeling, if you will, of the community is still the same or, or how has it evolved, I guess? I think it's still in there. I feel like when I go surf Malibu and Ventura, especially when I am surfing with some dudes who've been around since the 60s, because they're still out there and they're still ripping. Oh, sure. and, yeah. and I have to get off waves when they're coming on a wave. <laughs> like, I got to get out of the way. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it influenced it a ton. And it's still there. There's... Uh, I don't know. That sound is so iconic and it's just kind of in the blood. And I think it, it's, it's influenced the, in, that surf, the surfaris and beach boys and, um, Dick Dale, they all influenced that sound so much. And then as surfing progressed, I think it really, it took from those, but then made it like other bands, you know, like, uh, I listen to a lot of like bad religion and no effects and stuff like that. And I don't know how much bad religion surf, but they were in that whole culture there. And, um, all that punk rock that came out of that was, you know, all those bands were from the beach. They all had surfing injected into their culture and, mm-hmm. and their surroundings. And it just, it, it kind of just fits, especially when you watch, surfing videos and you get to see these guys on really fast waves, you know, and there's punk rock playing in the background. There's like greasy, not perfect punk rock that's happening. And I think it just, I think it just fits. And that's the way music was in the sixties too. I mean, music wasn't that polished thing, but surf rock 
is fast, you know, and there's a lot of notes just like punk rock. It's fast. It's, it's technical in a lot of ways. And I think it just matches. And now, unfortunately, I can't name any of the bands, but when I watch surfing videos that are made in the last five years, it's almost like they're pulling from this psychedelic realm where they're, they're kind of early. A, a lot of the music is reminiscent of early beach boys where it's really jangly mm -hmm. and very not perfect. Like it's really mm -hmm. just like loosey goosey stuff and harmonies are not on and guitar stuff is not on, but there's this space in the music that's really wide and it just sounds really cool. Like the space between the drums and the guitar and stuff is just kind of floating around. And I really like how that's happening now too. That's awesome. Nice. Um, have you, um, have you considered, um, going pro for surfing or is that even, uh, is, is your, uh, skill level even up to, to that yet? My, my skill level is definitely not up to being pro. However, I would love to work with a surfing company. I mean, that's, come on. I'm a little person <laughs> from Michigan in his 40s. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the dream of my life, man. <laughs> if a surfing company called me up and said, uh, hey, we want to pay you to do something, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm not going to be a contest surfer. I watch contest surfing and Jesus I mean, those people are, they're from another world. You know, their focus is, the, the thing about contest surfing is it's not just go out and achieve a touchdown. You know, it's not just go out and achieve, you know, home runs. You have that aspect of it, but you are 100% by yourself in the ocean that is constantly changing and might not even give you a playing field. So you might not even have a way if you if say you need to score nine points out of 10 because your opponent has nine point five or nine point zero one points more than you. That math is wrong. You know what I mean? Say you say you're at a point where you need to <laughs> where you, I could, that's the thing I can never adequately describe surfing uh, how, how the points work. But say you need to get a nine point wave and you have to wait until, you know, you only have so much time out there. The clock is going to run out. And if the ocean doesn't give you a wave to ride on, you can't even get a playing field to achieve that point. Yeah. And it, that's the thing that's, it's such a mental game on top of being such a physical game. And you're not even on a team. You have no one else to help you out. You have no one else mm -hmm. to like, all right, you pick up this one because I, it didn't come for me. It's like, no, you are just solo all the time. <clears throat> and I think it's, that's why I think surfing is just such an incredible sport. And I do like the way that contest surfing is set up because the, the drama in there is so heavy. It's so thick. I've seen so many heats won when like after the buzzer, you know, like somebody catches a wave with one second left and they destroy it and they, they have to wait, you know, three minutes to, for the judges to score the ride. And then they actually win when they're walking up the beach. It's crazy. It's so when you're, 
when you're into it, I mean, it's the only sport that I pay attention to. So I, I, you talk to me about any other sport and I'm just checked out, but yeah. So, surfing. I, so I got a, I got a question though, real quick. So it's an individual sport, right? So like, you don't have a team that, you know, you contribute to like the team's score or anything like that, but are there teams though? Like, like, um, a sponsor will have like a stable of surfers or like For folks sure. that train, train together, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So a sponsor might have, you know, one surfer on, on tour or they might have 30 or 40, you know, it, mm. there, there are some really big surfing companies that sponsor multiple people and those people often will compete against each other. But it's not necessarily like you're winning points for the team, at least as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's because the sponsor, you, you could surf in a, a competition, you could win a competition and have zero sponsors because you can be a wild card at that certain location if somebody else drops out and not have any stickers on your surfboard, but you could still win the entire event. And that will probably get you calls for <laughs> sponsors, you oh, know, for after sure. that. Yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, you're out there vying for your for yourself. In in, uh, in NASCAR, they call it coopetition. Like you have teams, <laughs> but every driver <laughs> is driving for themselves. And that's a good yeah. word. I've never heard that word before. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and I think I think of surfing as more of a uh, a community team sport because everybody's out there on their own. But then when you're on the beach, you're still sharing tips on on the locations and the timing and what to look for. And sharing yep. stories, like it's not like you're out there and you're just holding. Oh, I found this great spot. I'm not going to tell anybody about it ever. <laughs> it's more like I found this great spot and I'm going to tell my friends, and they're eventually going to tell their friends, and their friends are going to. So it's going to it's going to get crowded. But for the little bit of time we have, we're going to go out there and hit this point like nobody's business. Yeah, and also in some of these, you know, off the beaten path locations, you might have surfers rooming with other surfers that they're in competitions or heats with and so you know you kind of have to have again another element to the whole balance of the whole thing like the guy that you lost the entire competition to might be living in the same house as you for that 10 days when you're at that location (laughs) yeah so it's wild so would you would you ever like you said going pro would just be like some kind of crazy dream but have you ever considered like actually setting a goal to enter a competition so I did actually enter a competition um, t- a year and a half ago. I entered my first competition mm. at Malibu, and <clears throat> it was an adaptive competition. So I was surfing with um, amputees and spinal cord injury victims and um, uh, hard of sight, hard of hearing folks, just all different types of disabilities and, and situations. And I, I was in a heat with, <clears throat> excuse me, other average height folks, and they couldn't really stand on the surfboard, but they were six feet tall. So their arms were the arms of a six foot tall person. And I don't have the arms of a six foot tall person. And if you'd like to know, it's much easier for a six foot tall person's arms to catch a wave than a four foot four inch tall person to catch a wave. And so I... You know, I felt like I was at a disadvantage, but I was having a blast. I had so much fun being in the water with all these folks and watching them surf is so kick ass. And so I did that event. And then one of the uh, people at the event said, you should come down next weekend to Oceanside. We're having a huge event and 
it was it was the organizer, and he said, "I will put together um, a short stature division because there's another short statured mm-hmm. individual who's going to come surf, and it'll just be the two of you." And if you get first or second, you'll win money. So you should come and come down and do it. And I'm like, well, damn, I got to do this. And this is this is super rad. And I know I knew the other surfer. Uh, I've actually met him a couple of times beforehand, although I'd never surfed with him before. So, yeah, I went down to Oceanside and I surfed and there were 90 adaptive surfers. It was insane. They had 80 volunteers from San Diego on the beach helping everybody out like they had these water wheelchairs to wheel people over to where oh, they wow. where they would take them and put them on their boards. And then they had assistance in the water to help people get into the waves. I mean, there's some triple amputees who are surfing and they're just holding on to a handle on the board and like riding a six foot wave. Come on. That is so cool. <laughs> it was so rad to see these people out there. And um, and yeah, so I surfed two heats with uh, against my buddy Ryan and I ended up winning. I won my division in, in the competition and, you know, I won some money and it was awesome. And I mean, Ryan is a badass surfer. He's so, he's so good. He was riding a much smaller board than I was, which is a lot more difficult, um, in situations, especially in the conditions that we were in. But, you know, it, it was, it was about the whole experience. That's what was so cool. I made so many friends. I met so many awesome people. I saw so many cool waves and it was, it it was just one of the most badass weekends ever. I almost didn't surf because it was really gnarly and it it was next to a pier and people were like getting swept through the pier. Oh God. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I don't know that I want to go in this water. This is crazy. How do I get myself out of this? <laughs> but, um, you know, I did it and, uh, I mean, what a time it was, it was so cool just to, just to be there in the community and have that experience. And again, I'm from Michigan. Damn it. I won a <laughs> surfing competition. This is crazy. Uh, let us know when they have a, uh, a, a semi geriatric, um, uh, novice division. Uh, and and it's all expenses paid, and me and Kent might go out there and uh, <laughs> right, yeah, and, Yo, and try our hey, hand. If you guys, guys want to come to California, I'll teach you to surf. Uh, oh, that shit! I might take you up on that. Kent right. will take you up on that. I don't deal so well do with uh, my anxiety over natural water. <laughs> right, right. I, I understand. Once I can no longer touch the bottom, I'm kind of over it. Um, you can still touch the bottom. I can't touch the bottom, but you might be able to. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surfing where I surf. I'm not out there surfing in crazy, crazy waves. You know, I'm totally down with small waves. I do like bigger waves when they happen. Um, I'm a little out of shape at the moment, so I need, uh, need to get back into it. But yeah, Kent, come on out. Let's yeah, get Kent, Amos yeah. out there. Too. Let's, let's, let's trick Amos into coming to Southern right. California <laughs> for, right, yeah. for a live in-person show on the beach with surfboards and a wetsuit. And whoops, it's we just, just for went decoration, into- <laughs> Amos. It's just the theme. You don't have to get in the water. <laughs> come on, bro. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, right. cool. So what's, uh, Christoph, what's what's the future hold for you in surfing? Um, well, I want to keep doing it, and surfing has rewarded me uh, in a lot of ways because of consistency. When I was mostly working as an actor, 
meaning I wasn't working all that much. Um, I would go to the beach a lot and surf and I got better because of it. And because of that, um, built up the confidence and kind of met some people. And I've actually shot a documentary about myself with some producers about my life and surfing and dwarfism and my podcast. And so I don't know what's next. I really hope that there's something else that comes from this, you know, having this elevated to a larger stage. It's not to show everybody that I'm whatever kind of surfer, but it's to show people that first of all, people with dwarfism can and do all of these different types of things and they should be taken seriously as such. And then also to just inspire people that it doesn't matter what you do, you know, you can do everything that you want to do and don't let your body or, you know, other, other roadblocks that might seem like might seem to stifle your ability. You know, you can, you can still do stuff and it's important to get yourself out there and get your body moving and it's good for your brain and your, your soul and your body. Yeah, so absolutely. two things, Christoph. One, we need to get you in touch with Allison Sheridan. That's, that's a must. And I'll, she, she loves doing podcasts. She has, a, she has several podcasts actually. And she loves talking about uh, the ways that technology is ignoring or enabling people with different abilities than, you know, non, non-average abilityed persons, uh, yeah. whether that's sight or height or whatever. She loves tackling that subject. It's a, it's a passion of hers. Um, and two, have you ever, uh, have you ever surfed in Guatemala city? I have not surfed in Guatemala city. No, I don't know that you could surf in Guatemala city. Is it? On the beach? <clears throat> I should have done my research. Um, <laughs> it's time for this though. One city, one city, one forecast, one forecast, one word. It's ritual miseries. One word weather. Brought to you by Mark Jelinek and his "What Is It About the Weather" podcast. Today's city is Guatemala City in Guatemala. It is sixty degrees. It's sunny. No. You, no. No. What what do you look at during these shows, man? Because you're not looking at the show notes that I've got in front of you. You don't watch the video to see when other people are oh. talking. Oh, my bad. Like it's not sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Best co-host ever. Oh this is amazing. <laughs> we've done this segment exactly twice and we've screwed it up both times. <laughs> I love it. He says we. Um <laughs> Christoph, where can people find you and all the things that you're getting involved in, man? Um, yeah, you can find my podcast, which I'm very involved in. It is I'm Kind of a Big Deal, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And then find me on Instagram. A big or no, Instagram is Big Deal Pod. There's no A in front of it. Big Deal Pod on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, go to go to the Instagram and you can see a bear outside of Christoph's door. Oh my god, it's crazy! Yeah. Did, I, crazy. did I, t- I told you that my neighbors had a huge bear last night, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that is so crazy. 
Yeah, that's, um, that's probably why you're moving. The the bears are, are threatening <laughs> to take over the area. He's not my, moving my as much as being evicted by nature. <laughs> right. <laughs> bears are kicking you out. Man. Yeah, I got all my dried cranberries and my peanuts stowed away, so. <laughs> nice. Um, next week on this podcast, we had we have Josh Cafferty. Uh, yep. this is, uh, this is, this is interesting for a few reasons, Kent. Yeah. So Josh is actually Steph's brother mm-hmm. and, um, he has for a while now been traveling around, uh, the country going to different national parks and, um, he's coming through the area to go to white sands national park. And, uh, he's going to be on our show next week to talk about, uh, national parks in general and like his experience with uh with visiting them that's gonna be awesome is he is he living van life um yeah well right now he's he's in a fixed location at the moment but prior to that he was van life and in the future he's gonna be van life so that's pretty cool i couldn't do it yeah i could do it for a while i think i don't know i depend on a lot of but I can see a version of me doing the van. I my, my stepdad had a van that we converted into like a camper. And I I can tell you, I can do van life for about a weekend. And only if there's fishing and barbecues involved. That's about sure, I think that's, yeah. I think yeah. that's just a I think that's just camping. I don't think that's van life. Yeah, see? Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. It's vamping. <laughs> vamping. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something different. <laughs> you, you, there's no, there's no way of doing it good because you, you vamp. And if you're vamping, that's one thing. If you like van camping, well, that's that's like a, then you're just eating beans all the time. Like I don't that's know. That's what I was gonna say. Yes. <laughs> a, a, a bean brand. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what the good interstitial <laughs> there is. There's got to be something. Though. Oh man, I want to read out. I want to reach out to bushes and see if they'll underwrite my van. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Holy crap! Oh man, <laughs> I want to. I want to encourage people to go over to richmisery dot com and and uh, check out all of the projects that we've got going on over there. Yeah, uh, and here's more show notes that aren't correct. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kent! Where do you get these show notes? What? That, that, this part of the show notes is yours. No, 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 no. The whole thing is. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm hitting the music. We're live every Sunday at about 4 p.m. Pacific on DiamondClub.tv and Twitch.tv/RitualMisery. Thank you for listening, for Kent, for Kristoff, for me, for you, and for the kids. Let's not forget the kids. For the kids, this has been your Ritual Misery podcast. Heck yeah! The end. Fucking Kent. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> R-I-T-U-A-L-M-I-S-E-L-Y <laughs> Can't let me write the show notes, actually. I didn't want to tell you. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, man.